0: Parents, welcome to the weekly rethink. We are going to repeat a topic we did last week, and that is grades. And you think, "Oh, I can just turn this off," but no, don't do it. <laughs> don't turn it off. Stay with us. Stay with us, because we were talking. Um,
1: yeah, we were, talk- yeah we, I was supposed to say we were talking to Macy, and she was like, "Oh, I would have said this, and I would have said that," and we're like. <gasps> Okay, well, well, let's put her on a podcast and yes, have her
0: share those things. But we've already talked about grades, and then we said no, we can talk about it more. And but really, also, parents, we got a lot of feedback from parents saying, "Hey, um, that's a great subject. You know, grades are a big deal, and uh, especially for parents that are kids are getting a little older." So we wanted to give you grade expectations round two and talk about it with Macy. So welcome, Macy.
2: Thank you. Hello, yeah.
0: <laughs> Macy is. You know, last week we talked about how you have some kids that are more procrastinators, or maybe uh, don't care as much about grades, uh, and you have to push them forward. Uh, Macy was on the other end. We she was always really uh, on top of her grades. We never had to do anything to motivate her. In fact, really, we had to make sure if she made a bad grade. It didn't crush her. And so, Macy, just talk about, you know, maybe start off talking just about how grades were a part of your life.
2: So, grades, obviously, as kids grow up, they're in elementary school, which I was homeschooled. And then when I hit sixth grade, I went into private school through the rest of middle school and graduated from high school, from a private school. And I just remember growing up that grades were a part of life an everyday part of life. It always felt like I was studying for a test or building a study guide to study for the test or reading material that would then be covered on a test at the end of the week. And so it really did feel like for the majority of my childhood and young years that I was being graded in every sense of the word. And so that was... Well, I
0: don't want to stop you right there because there was in your childhood... And I'm putting you on the spot here because, but I bet you remember this and I bet you'll be able to tell us the, the math class that you were doing on your the own Math tragedy yeah, the math tragedy, and, early life. and how that shaped you when you were a young child being homeschooled. Tell yes. that story.
2: Yeah. So I was little fourth, grade, fourth I grade. I think it was sixth grade with Kelly. Wasn't it? Or was it, I don't know. I was, or I just remember my mom had a baby. Oh, and it was before... before life it was, was before crazy, and I was doing all this math, uh, this classical Christian curriculum math. and Homeschooled. Homeschool math, yeah. Online or yeah, just a Yeah, it was like textbook? a CD, okay, yeah. and you would put the CD in, and this really ancient man would pop up on the <laughs> computer screen. And he'd talk to you in the most monotone voice. And so what I was supposed to do, which, you know, empower your children, let them be independent, is I would watch the lesson. I'd have like 30 problems of homework. Sometimes I'd do even in odds. And then every at the end of every week, I would take a quiz. But I was the one that graded all my homework and I was the one that graded all my quizzes because mom was like, here, you can do it. You know, like here's the grade book. So I got smart and empowering or excuses. <laughs> what would you call that it. enabling or <laughs> and so I just kind of got smart and I would just take my like grade book into the study because no one was watching me do my math lessons and I'd listen to the instructor kind of. But really, I was just copying down the work. I would kind of work it out where it look it's kind of a genius actually and I would like make it look like I got the answer and then I'd grade it and every quiz I would get like one or two wrong I rarely ever made hundreds on my quizzes and um put it all in a folder and so I remember towards the end of the year it was like a month before summer this conviction just like hit me like a wall of bricks and I had like three lessons left in math three of those stinking old man videos and I walked into my parents room one night just was i already crying or was i pretty close to crying i was pretty r- sure she was crying i was probably <laughs> crying and i walked in and handed them the whole binder and just said i've been cheating the whole year on my math and i don't know any of it i think i probably had like tried to take a quiz on my own and just really didn't do well or something so i handed them the folder and confessed my cheating math problem to them
1: and so, oh, Macy, that's such a good topic, and I'm so glad you brought that up cheating. and I want <laughs> to
2: Dad brought it up. <laughs> and, and, that's true. That is true. I'm so the, glad you did that as a points, child, actually. so we could talk about it.
1: <laughs> um, what So what was your motivation behind doing that with math all year long? what What made you? Copy the, you know, work so hard like you said. Brilliant is what you said. What made <laughs> you work so hard instead of just learning it? It's almost like you actually worked harder copying it than you yeah, would have. Is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of
2: work. And so what I uh, just do you do you know what your motivating factors were? I, I mean I've um I think the first thought that popped in my head when you asked that was like I wanted to be good enough. Like I didn't want to burden or bother anybody. That, like, I just couldn't do it. And so I remember, I guess, wanting to be good enough.
0: And and kids run into that trap a lot, especially with the pressure of grades. Right. They, they don't think they can do yeah. it. Maybe the parents are too busy to help. Or if they come to the parents, they think that they're going to get lectured or get reprimanded or whatever. And so they wind up... Or they're trying to perform for you, you
1: yeah. know, parent. They And they want to please you because you've got the bar set so high that they can't make it happen. And so... Know that um, your children either have cheated or they will cheat. It is <laughs> it is an opportunity that is presented to them. And I just remember at the school I was at, there was a whole underground network <laughs> that the students worked with. I don't know if it was necessarily cheating as much as helping each other when it came to studying and Quizlets and all those different things. But yeah. if you do, when your child does get caught cheating and you need to pray that they do get caught cheating, that's a perfect opportunity to press in and find out the why. What is going on? Why? And for Macy, it was, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to bother anybody. I didn't want to be. And so that's a great point.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. don't freak out, parents, when that happens, because (laughs) it's a great opportunity to understand your child more and to get into the relationship.
2: Yeah, and I turned out fine.
1: <laughs> exactly. You're not. You haven't cheated on your taxes yeah, yet, right? Don't act like it's the end of the world. <laughs> That's like right. I'm fine. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, and there are natural consequences. I think we made you redo the whole math yeah, yeah. curriculum, Spent right? Yeah, the whole summer. Yeah, doing math. redoing it. And so it's like if you do cheat, then the consequence without of, the grade book. <laughs> <laughs> it's I hard. think I kept that. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. kept the old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Round two of the. old that man. That was punishment. <laughs> Okay, so Macy, what is another what is another thing? You had mentioned something about teachers that helped mm. you. That, that's one of the motivators that you had to make good grades.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys have kids like this, but if a perfectionist, which is what I probably would have called myself throughout all of school.
1: I called you that in the last podcast.
2: Thank you. Great. <laughs> that's my identity. Um, <laughs> if you have a perfectionist student that's kind of self-empowered or self-motivated, um, they probably love school. I don't know if that's a logical connection to make, but I really loved school. I loved, I did love home and I loved the years I was at home, but I loved being around my friends. I loved learning together and, being challenged and seeing who got what on grades. I was never super competitive, but I was when it came to grades. I wanted I wanted to be the best. And, well, and by
0: the way, parents, we out of our seven kids, we've had two that are like that. Two kids that loved school, Macy and then Molly, our oldest daughter. So, you know, chances are if you have a couple of kids, two or three kids, you're going to have a kid that it's like that.
2: Yeah, and so I think when people look at me and they tilt their head and they, they weren't the kid that loved school, they're like, why? Why'd you love it so much? Like, What's wrong Some with you? What's wrong with you. Yes. And it really did, what it came down to it was teachers. I had special relationships with several teachers growing up, men and women, not in any sort of weird way, really in like a mentor style. I really loved their teaching style or the way that they empowered us to learn or wanted us to learn. And one of my favorite things about teacher relationships is that the student orientations at the beginning of the year, my parents would go to them and they would come home and be like, oh my goodness, you have this teacher and he's amazing and he's a coach and he teaches history and you're just going to love him. He's so fun. And, And I just was like, okay, I'm going to it. It gave me an anticipation for it. And and then throughout the year, if things got harder, I didn't really believe the best in my teacher because I thought I deserved an 85 and they gave me a 73. I could take it back to my parents and they were a safe place to be like, oh, no, but your teacher's for you. Or, oh, no, your teacher's like proud of you and loves you and wants you to learn. And it built this relationship of it's not the parents and student versus the teacher, it's like, the parents and the teacher both partnering together to be for the student. And I think that that was a safe learning atmosphere for me. Yeah,
0: we just had that opportunity to do that with McKay, our youngest, because he switched schools. And so that's a really scary thing to switch schools. And so we went to the parent orientation and we just made it a point to come back and say, wow, we were so impressed with all of your teachers, you know, to instill in them. So parents, what you learn from that is, you have a role in helping your child to embrace their teachers. So, you know, so often our parents are against the teachers and they are, oh, we've got to fight for our kid because our teacher is messing them around. But in reality, you're teaching your kid also about authority and they're, and they're going to get teachers that are good and they're going to get, you know, I remember Michael went through a, a season where he had a teacher that was very difficult and, and it was, It was hard. It was it was a hard year for him in in elementary school, but still we had to support and have him go back every day and and figure out how to deal with that teacher.
1: Oh Yeah, that's um, just parents know that you and the teacher are working together in your child's life. And so when you join the side, when you um, start bad mouthing the teacher or joining the kid or what you're doing is you're now enabling the child instead of teaching the child to work under the parameters and of the authority that's been given to them. And so you can agree with them. Oh, that's terrible. I hate that. You know, I'm, I'm oh, it's so you know, I know that you worked so hard and you felt like you deserved a better grade. And so then I would always point the kids back. You go talk to the teacher. That's your responsibility. Like, Macy, on the front end, we encourage them to get to know your teacher. Even in college, go meet your professor. Go Mm -hmm. to their hours. But look at them. I mean, like, there was one another thing. In lower school, teach your children to have eye contact with the teacher while they're teaching. And so just share with that and practice it if you need to at the kitchen table. Okay, I'm the teacher. Now you're the teacher. And we look eye to eye to each other. And just respect that uh, authority figure in your child's life and by all means do not don't badmouth that teacher yeah. don't don't even go in and fight for your kid's grade let your kid do that let your kid fight for what it is that he wants the changes or whatever in the classroom and then i just wanted to say one more thing that what you're doing with that student teacher relationship is you're teaching your children how to get along with their co-workers and their bosses mm-hmm. and the people that God's going to put in their life later on in the future and so this is just the ground level stuff that you're teaching them how to get along with people outside of family and friends yeah
0: yeah when you teach them how to when you freak out when a parent or when a teacher wrongs your child guess what you're teaching your kid to do is oh. do the same thing. Yeah. yeah so uh, another and so
1: then, th- So then your kid's going to do that with a police officer or any other, you know, <laughs> or a uh, boss or, or a, a,
0: whoever, that's you that's know, that's a church leader. Yeah. The list goes on. And so Macy, <laughs> you also talked about something that was really cool. I think parents need to hear about it. You said that, uh, and really this is weird. This is kind of strange because you were very much perfectionist, very much wanted good grades, but you said, we helped you learn that grades didn't define you. So elaborate on that a little bit.
2: I went into school in the sixth grade, and I would say... Meaning you were homeschooled before that? Yes. <laughs> and
0: We didn't just like <laughs> start <laughs> Good school. luck. Yeah. You're 12.
2: I <laughs> think <laughs> yeah. they'll teach you how to read and write. Don't worry. Do, you got to do something with your life. Yeah, I've
0: been <laughs> playing tennis for years before that or something.
2: Put this uniform on. Good luck. <laughs> Uh, No. So I was homeschooled until sixth grade. I actually did sixth grade twice. I'm August birthday. And I really would say my childhood up until sixth grade was marked by trying to figure out who I was. And my insecurities felt like they were the biggest deal ever. And feeling all these things, I didn't really like myself, to be honest. And so going into school, it was this gearing up to be someone and I remember going out for sports and not being very good at basketball yet but being good at volleyball and that was that was helpful and finding friends my first year of school and just loving them and loving having close girlfriends that were like safe that I could be friends with that I could trust and I just remember it being a pretty defining season of my life to figure out who I was and so as parents you know and as your kids probably display for you they're just impressionable and children are moldable and shapeable and so my life was very much marked by my family my parents and my siblings helping me learn who i was and so when it came to grades specifically in lower school middle school i really cared and even i would say to an extent compared with my older sisters what grades we got and so it was a really helpful and really safe place for me to come home and grades just didn't really matter. Hard work mattered and good stewardship mattered more than a number on a page. And I just remember my mom and I having several conversations of me saying, I just did the best I knew how. I've never done school before and I'm just, am, I'm doing the best I can. and For whatever reason, I don't always remember her response, but every conversation I ended up having with her was like, that's enough. You're enough. And I I remember at some point that track was laid in my head. I remember switching private schools in the eighth grade and taking my first round of tests as an eighth grader. never been to this school before. It felt like a pretty big transition. And I got like all A's and one B on one of these tests, um, on this first round of tests. And I was like, wow, this is so helpful and so great. But I'm still me, like I'm trying to figure out who I am and for some reason grades made a distinction in my brain from my identity and grades, parents hear this, like grades don't define your kid's identity. And so if you feel like that's all you're talking about with a kid and you're not touching on the other parts of their life, what you're probably communicating is grades are more important to me than your stewardship or your hard work or your, like, ability to make mistakes and bounce back. Like, if all you're talking about is numbers and you're not touching the, like, character of who they are, I would challenge that because grades never defined me. They only helped add to, like, who I was. And you were talking
0: about how with some of your friends, they almost, their identity was in their GPA.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like, a lot of parent child relationships or parent friend relationships growing up, that's what they would talk about. Like, we would go over to people's houses and they'd be like, How was your AP history test? or How was your English test? And that was the extent of the conversation I watched between parent and child. It wasn't, Hey, how are you doing? You yeah, know, how's or, your life? Yeah, or, how are you feeling about whatever? So I think that they were not only defined by it, but that's all they really touched on with their parents. That's the only way they like related to their parents in some ways. Yeah,
1: that's so good. And that brings up a practical question. Instead of parents asking, what did you make on the test? Mm -hmm. Ask, how did you feel about what you did? Or did you feel prepared? Do you feel like you yeah. studied enough? Do you feel like you gave your best effort? Because that's really the answer you want, because that's where they're going to say, hey, I didn't do my best. Okay, well, your grades are going to reflect it. You know, I shouldn't or, be surprised. Yeah, you shouldn't be surprised yeah. if you make, yeah. And so that's really, you really want to just know what they've done, not where how they performed yeah. or how they've invested, I guess.
0: And I think, parents, it rings up another great point that how do you get your kids to you know have high standards without having their grades define them. And so I feel like as we as our kids grew up, they knew and and Madeline talked a little bit about this in the last podcast that we expected them to make good grades. So there was an expectation mm-hmm. of making good grades. And I, and I think it, you know, it was because we expect, and to, to Suzanne's point, we expected their best effort. Yeah. And if they they were smart kids, that we were put them in a safe environment, and so if they gave their best effort, they most of the time they were going to make good grades. But sometimes that teacher doesn't explain things well, or sometimes they didn't study the right things. Or sometimes maybe to Macy's point, she did math instead of studied for the pop quiz (laughs) and she made a 40 on it or whatever. And so those things are gonna happen. That's the way I think you give high standards without their grades being their identity is that you don't freak out over every little, we we talk about a lot instances versus trends. If Mm If your kids are making A's and B's or maybe straight A's or whatever, and then they make that 60 on a test, That's the time to go, hey, to Suzanne's point, did you do do your best? Well, no, I didn't. Ah, well, guess what? We can tell. (laughs) Get back (laughs) up. Let's do it again. Yeah.
2: I think a story, if I can share it really quick, Uh, one that leads all the way up into college. I took a geography class my freshman year. I was taking too many hours my first semester, and I was overwhelmed. And I called my mom out of there's only three tests in this geography class and a final and I failed the first one. I think I made like a like a low seventy. I think I made a barely a B on the second one. And I walked out of the third one being like, I bombed it. I know I bombed it. I know there's no way there's a hundred questions. I know I didn't even get twenty of them right. And I remember calling my mom on the walk to the bus and I was like, I failed. I failed my first college class. I'm not gonna make it an A and M and my mom was like, <laughs> She goes, Was it geography? And I was like, Yeah, and she goes, honey, if you make a C in that, you're great. I made a D. <laughs> <laughs> that was her response. And I was
1: just like... And I'm a functioning contributing <laughs> society member. <She> <laughs> like, you will do
2: far greater things in your life than just make a C in college. Like, it's okay. I wouldn't prefer it, but it just was such... I think it's such a good picture of... Grades don't define you. And I really was, I remember being on the phone and being I studied, I printed off every PowerPoint and highlighted it, went to every class, like I did everything. She was like, I made a D, you're great, you're great. <laughs> I'm just, it's helpful. It's like, I just think it's helpful if parents can get out of the drama of the number or out of the drama of the lack of whatever character piece they're seeing right then. And you can zoom out and be like, man, I've made mistakes too, it's gonna be okay. We're going to be okay. You're not going to crash and burn because of this one instance. There's like hope on the other side.
1: That's so good, Macy. And it makes me think of those parents that are struggling with their kids right now because their kids don't care. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter to them one bit. And that's where I just meet them in their mess meet them That's right cool. there where they are and figure out what it's going to take to motivate them to want to do better. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's just the classroom setting and they don't thrive in that kind of setting. And so maybe you need to think of a different, you know, method of getting them educated. There's so yeah. many ways out there now. Now, um, So
0: it's good. All right. Which,
1: yeah. That leads really to the next quickly uh,
0: finishing up with the last point. Um, Yeah, we talked about how that that doesn't define you, but yet you also said that school helped you understand the weight of your choices. It's kind of like created adversity to help you learn.
2: Yeah. I really think that grades, like I said, being graded what felt like every single day growing up really put into perspective the value of choices, the value of how I use my time, and the repercussions of using my time poorly and so if we look at high school I was involved in a lot I was doing a lot I loved all the friend groups I was in I loved babysitting I just loved doing things but I would find myself in these time crunches where I I spent the Friday night with the friends I bet I spent the whole Saturday sleeping and watching tv shows swimming babysitting that night spent Sunday morning at church and I looked up and it was Sunday night and I hadn't touched any of my homework and I was feeling the weight of oh if I had just done a little bit on Friday and a little bit on Saturday I wouldn't feel so heavy laden and burdened on Sunday but I didn't this I'm sitting in the weight of my choices and so to have a parent come in and be like well, you should have been blah blah, 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 You're like, oh, I know. I just gave myself that lecture in my head. I don't need it again. That it just, it just really did help me define where to put my time and the value of it. And then I would watch it play out in the week. If Monday I had a pop quiz, I didn't get to spend Tuesday studying for my test. And if Tuesday didn't study for my test, then Wednesday I wasn't ready for my paper that I turned in. And I would start to feel more and more frustrated with myself because I didn't know how to make good choices. But it's like I was in such a safe environment to fail that I had figured it out by the time I got to college that I knew better how to spend my time and make good choices based off of it.
1: And so I just, I remember that in parents, there's a real fine line here when you go in to help your kids because they're spinning out of control or when you rescue them. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I could see it in their eyes when they, when their consequences of their actions had gotten beyond them and they felt like that they couldn't, they dug too deep of a hole and they couldn't get out. And so I would step in and I'd help them with a project or I would help them study or I would clean their room or, (laughs) you know, whatever it took to help their burden be be less of a burden but then there were other times most of the time though I let them swim and I let them get in over their heads and I let them even drown just a little bit so that they would learn just like Macy shared yeah yeah, learn the consequences of oh this is painful it's pleasurable on the front end but on the back end it's painful yeah and that painful stuff that that comes back that's your job not finishing your projects that's your housework not doing your laundry all week long makes the weekend a nightmare (laughs) I mean and so let them learn those lessons any where they can and if the school yeah. if the classroom is a place to learn it then embrace that and let them learn it don't rescue them every time
2: well yeah. and I was going to say it sounds kind of cliche but I liked who I was a whole lot better at the end of a work week when I had done it little by little I didn't really like who I was when I spent my whole week frazzled and so a really simple question not in an accusatory way or a judgmental way but parents just set this conversation of like who do you want to be you know, like if That's we're going to pretend like this is a work week or this is going to be helping you to do your job one day, then what kind of worker do you want to be? Do you want to be frustrated? Do you want to beat yourself up? Or what if we tried it this way? What if we just did it 10 minutes a day and just saw right. do you like yourself better at the end of the week, going into the weekend or going into the week or whatever it is? I think it's a really easy way to foster. Yeah. Character. So, like,
1: what's Ask the child, what do you call success? How do you see success? How do you define success? How do we get to success? What does success look like? Is it 10 minutes a day or is it, you know, anyway. Man, a
0: lot of great points here. And I know parents are freaking out going, oh my goodness, this seems so fluid. It just seems like (laughs) we're not doing, how do we control this or whatever? Just remember parents, you're training your child for the next level all the time. You're training your child. and, And so start it in grade school. You know, let them fail in grade school. Let them learn things on their own. Give them responsibility. Give them, give them a little rope. And then you'll see it happen as they get into middle school uh, that they, they'll start taking more responsibility. They start loving, learning. You're connecting them with your teachers. You're, it's relational. You're teaching them how to do it. And I'll tell you guys, you know, we haven't, I would say that I probably check my kids' grades maybe once a month. Maybe I mean, and because we we don't really they're they're self-sufficient. And we've uh, we've worked hard at that in order to train them for life. So um, I know that's a little scary for you, but uh, keep I just working want to up. say one more thing about checking grades <laughs> oh, is gosh. just is that in college,
1: you don't even have access to it. Like your kid has to give you permission. And so you, that's where you're training them to is that it, yeah. it's time for them to get
0: on their own. And, and each step, you know, grade school, middle school. High school is another step to prepare them on the way. So when they're in high school and they ought to be doing it on their own and you ought to be a coach in that point, not doing it for them. And so keep work on that. If you're, if you have younger parents, start working on it now. If you got, you know, middle school parents, um, you know, you start to work a little harder on it at this point. So, um, questions just email us, uh, info at crazycoolfamily.com. We'd love to hear your comments on, on these last two great expectations podcast. Uh, and go help your kids learn how to make good grades on their own. Go be crazy parents, crazycoolfamily.com.